Dubai I 103.8. 103.8. 103.8. 103.8. You choose the news on the agenda. Let's turn to the news now with the Sunday afternoon news review. And we're joined by international business psychologist, someone who works across Asia, Middle East, Europe and further afield. Um, Somebody who came up with the daily affirmations for inner peace and will be explaining all. Warm welcome to the show to Mamta Shah. Mamta, lovely to see you. Hello. How are you, Tom? Well, indeed. Hello, Zina. You're good? Really good, thank you. Nice to have you with us. Uh, Happy International Women's Day Thank 2020. You. Now, Debbie Downer over there was 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 casting a little bit of. Well, she was being a bit of a party pooper earlier mm. on and saying it shouldn't just be one day; it should be all year round. And I don't think anyone's denying that. But I don't. Equally, there's nothing wrong with having one day of recognition. Is it a special day? I think it's an important day to recognise women and to remind us to recognise women every single day because we are amazing. So um, yes, what a wonderful, wonderful day. And a lot of the articles I've picked to discuss today are around women, actually, and the issues and challenges that somehow in the business of life can get really forgotten. And then there's this frustration and resentment. So I think it's really important that we bring these up today. So a question that we have been running throughout is which woman has inspired you most? A question that goes out to men and women alike mm. out there at the moment. And we'd love your thoughts, please. Text them through to us on 4001. Tweeny's been in touch saying Serena Williams. Thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, no, no, got in touch saying Jane Goodall will never cease to inspire me she changed ethology forever while fighting a scientific community full uh, of naysayers that tried for years to discredit her failing miserably thank you for that one Uh, Trunks got in touch as well saying Mary uh, Wollstonecraft because of her vindication of the rights of women and her daughter Mary Shelley for writing Frankenstein Uh, and a lot of people also getting in touch uh, suggesting Marie Curie as well uh, for uh, dying for science thank you very much indeed for those suggestions any other women that inspire you feel free to send your thoughts through to us i'd love to hear from you okay let's get to mamta um what's an affirmation so an affirmation is a statement and it's written in first person and it's um, a reminder of who you are often we forget it can we can be drowned in our negative narrative we can say i'm no good at that i'm really bad at that oh that's not going to work oh oh it's i it's always about me i'm always going to fail and actually those thoughts don't serve us so an affirmation is the opposite of those thoughts it's not about just being happy and positive it's about remembering and reminding yourself of the wisdom that you have and actually the strengths that you have those that exist within you zines are you an affirmer no, actually, as you said, I'm a Debbie Downer. And I- <laughs> <laughs> so you, it's good that you've got the bag then. <laughs> yes, I've got a bag it. full of um, <laughs> affirmations, which you have crafted to help mm-hmm. people who are panicky and anxious yes. uh, in nature like me. I'm not sure Tom needs them, but I-, I gave him a card to read out anyway. You know, our minds have thousands of thoughts all the time. And if we don't catch what we're thinking, it can be a, a negative spiral that can go out of control. A lot of us do practice emotional hygiene, which means that we talk to ourselves and say, no, it's going to be fine. Everything will be all right. I won't get the coronavirus or whatever you might say to yourself. But sometimes when we're tired, when we haven't eaten, when we're grumpy or whatever it might be, then we have less influence over where our thoughts go. Mm. And so affirming um, is, is always a good thing 
It's always a good thing, especially if you're prone to being tired, being hungry, being anxious, which happens to every one of us. I mean, I train some of the top leaders around the world and you would be surprised at what they're telling themselves when they're in the boardroom and when they're holding these meetings and orchestrating an organization, they could be really beating themselves up. What does yours say? Um, I've got mine. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because it, it is a sort of decluttering process, isn't it? We've got mm. so many thoughts in our minds, exactly. etc. But and 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 I, I picked mine out of the bag, or actually you picked it out of the bag. You so need to pick it, yours, Tom. It's totally yours. You picked it for me, though. So <laughs> did you? Did you see in advance or not? No. You sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, mine says, inhale and exhale. I am healing a small part of the world by healing myself. Time to start healing yourself. Mm. So you need to reflect on that. I don't know what that means. Yeah, you need to (laughs) reflect. And that is the whole point. You need to reflect on that and think about actually... When you make yourself better in any way, when you say you're prone to just being a grump, but actually you work on yourself. Who and have you, you been talking to? Uh, I have my sources. <laughs> Let's move on swiftly. I have known you for years, haven't I, Tom? You have. Um, and you've always been wonderful. But um, when you heal, so when you work on that grumpiness, the, co- the barista that you see at the co- coffee shop that you go to or the parents that you see on the school run will see a different Tom. And when you have an impact on them that is a bit more positive than your usual grumpy self, actually they carry that with them and they then are impacted by your positivity. So it's not about you bouncing off the walls. It's about you just being kind to your fellow neighbor, but starting with yourself. Everything starts with us and everything ends with us and the world changes around us. That's lovely, but you're talking about a hypothetical Tom, because the Tom I know is always lovely to baristas. But just no one else. <laughs> no one else. Because they got, they got the Joe, you see? Okay. You know? They got the good. They got the Joe. Yes. <laughs> um, that, so that's mine. It makes a lot of sense as well. I'm a big, I'm, you know, despite my grumpiness and despite my, my, my exactly what you're saying, you know, the, the, the ability to, to come across as a very different personality on air and mm. then off air. Mm. Um, I am a big believer in that whole thing of paying it forward. And, yes. and, and was it the butterfly effect? Is that a sort of mm. similar thing where, mm. where the, just little, little actions can have yes. massive impact? They really can. And our words carry a vibration. You know, um, there's a, a, a kind of branch of psychology that looks at nonviolent communication. It sounds so drastic, but it's all about the words we use and the energy those words have. And there's a famous experiment that looks at the impact of words on water formation, on crystal formation. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a beautiful visual. You can just look on YouTube, um, impact of words on water and, and um, ice particles. And you'll see that the harsh and plants as well. So an experiment has been done on plants and the impact of of how much they grow when you talk to them in a nice way and when you when you talk to them when you're actually aggressive towards a plant and a lot of people will be rolling their eyes but this is hardcore evidence that the words that we are using have an impact on the energy that we have and that has an energy of what is received from the person in front of us or the plant or the water particles in front of us it has a, a butterfly effect in essence creates a wave I'm going to go and chat to the plant in a minute in the green room. (laughs) Make sure they're not ignored. It is a branch of psychology called ergonomics that is all about plants and things like that. That was mine. What was yours? Okay, Maya, I'll I'll have to decipher this and Mm. really absorb this after the show. Mm. I choose to vibrate at a higher frequency. Mm. So what that means is that even if a situation is grating you, okay, you're frustrated, you've got people around you that are just annoying you, get on your your nerves, etc., you will choose to 
perceive and view that situation in a way that brings collaboration, compassion, care for yourself and for those around you. So you won't put your fist down the table and say, I'm not having this, guys. You'll say, what I'm feeling is that I'm quite frustrated here. How can we work together to build a bridge or make create a solution to this challenge that we have that's choosing a different set of actions that's choosing to vibrate at a higher level when you do that you notice that the impact and the results around you will differ positively so as much as these things are deeply reflective actually what happens is the world around you starts to change I would say for everyone listening if you're frustrated at a certain situation or people or life in general it really has to um, be that you take a look at yourself and think about what can I shift that will have a different outcome in the results that I'm seeing. Oh. Keep your thoughts coming through. Four zeros. How many of them are there? 45. 45? Yes, there are 45 cards and they're all written in first person. Uh, 45 is actually an auspicious number in the, in the Hindu uh, Sanskrit books. And so um, I wanted to create 45 cards and... Um, yeah, I, I just started from scratch and uh, they're presented in a little organic cotton bag, handmade in India by underprivileged women. And you can buy them in Dubai at Namaste Souk. Oh, really? Yeah, namastesoukdubai.com. Get yourself over there. Find out more. Namaste Souk. Um, Zina, have it back. Okay. Okay. This is awesome. We had like a free session. <laughs> Do you feel better? With Mamta, yes. yes. And the reason why I've put in, like, it, it, inhale and exhale on all of them is sometimes, guys, we forget to breathe. Mm. And breathing is a massive indicator of our anxiety levels. And it doesn't matter how sound and how mu- how calm we might appear on the surface. It's a bit like a swan, right? The, du- the, the, the feet underwater are going crazy. So... Um, when we inhale and exhale, we become conscious and more aware of ourselves, more mindful. We make more rational, more balanced decisions. It's not about hugging trees and being flowery. It's about are we being astute in the situation that mm. we find ourselves in with a challenge or a conflict or whatever it might be? Are we being kind? Are we being kind to ourselves first and foremost? When we're not breathing, when we're not hydrated, what happens is... Um, we don't make the right decisions. Talking of inspiring women, we are in the presence of one of they, uh, because Mamta's with us. Mamta Sahar is a psychologist known for her daily affirmations, which she says are the key to remaining calm when everyone else is, well, just losing it. Couldn't be a better time for us to be having that conversation (laughs) at the moment. Obviously, we'll talk uh, more about uh, present concerns a little later on. But I want to start with um, the glass ceiling, if we can, because I think that's a phrase that is going to be said a lot throughout today Mm. in discussions about International Women's Day and achievements therein as well. Mm -hmm. Is it still there? You know, it was a term that came up four decades ago. And unfortunately, it is still there. Only 2% of women in the UAE are sitting on boards. Only 17% of women are in the and senior positions are in the financial industry. Mm. So something's not happening. We've had campaigns like Me Too. You know, we've got the Women's Day every year. We've got lots of activities, lots of initiatives, but something is not shifting. The glass ceiling seems to have just stayed as thick as it was back then. Um, So what, what can we do about it? How can we shatter it? I think it, um, from the article that I picked up the weekend, and obviously from my experience as a business psychologist, it's all about who you recruit. So it goes down to the recruitment process. 
down to the job description. Mm. Who are you trying to attract to your organization? If you're putting terminology like, um, you know, this is about the power of words again, we need someone competitive, aggressive, um, go-getting, whatever it might be, however you might want to describe that kind of individual. Some words can be off-putting to women unless they are a type of woman. So you do get alpha women who are quite driven in that respect, who do get very far in their careers. However, there's a lot that potentially could be compromised to become that sort of person. So in essence, what I'm saying is we need to be more inclusive. Mm. We need to be more diverse in the way that we recruit women and the way that we recruit gen- people into industries that are lacking that presence of women. Uh, let's talk uh, about your second story, because this is a story mm-hmm. that got a lot of people talking yesterday. Yes. This um, uh, th- th- this this sort of move to encourage more feedback with the mm. new mystery shopper. Yes. App. Yeah, I, I just think it's um, I think it's brilliant, actually, because um, especially in this day and age, the power of the customer and the voice mm. and the opinion, ultimately, and we, we can see the, the negative consequences of that with what's going on right now. I won't bring it up, but mm. you know what I mean? Um, I think that when you talk to your customer and your consumer and you let them know that you're open to receiving their feedback and that you um, care about the experiences that they have as a consumer, you harness your emotional loyalty with that customer. You harness your relationship. You build um, trust. The customer, the consumer is more likely to be invested in your brand if you show you care. People have three fundamental needs, really, on a human-to-human level, and it's to be seen, heard, and recognized. When you're proactively going out there and you're seeking feedback from people and you're letting them know that you're seeking feedback and you're going to act on that feedback, by the way, that bit's really important. So you can seek all the feedback you want. If you don't do anything about it, it doesn't do your organization any favors. But if you follow through on those three simple things, then your consumer is more likely to forgive you Mm. in times when you may make mistakes and also be open and honest with you. It takes a lot of parking of the ego, by the way, for an organization. I was I was just so happy to see that it's happening right here on our doorstep. The government are being so open about, look, we want to know your experience. We will be sending mystery shoppers in, mystery callers in to assess the caliber. I think more of that needs to happen globally, actually. So the only, the only sort of concern I had or, or misinterpretation of this I had, and it's great to see them taking this online and developing the app as well, mm. allowing that sort of transparency, but also anonymity as well that mm. you can you can sort of send in your feedback yeah but it also the, the, just the very phrase mystery shopper yes conjures images of somebody going into a physical store yes. to see what the service is like to see what the experience is yes. like which is sort of flying in the face of how everyone's shopping at the moment i mean we did a yes. story earlier on today didn't we the fact that e-commerce is up 70 to 100 percent in the last couple of weeks yes uh, online grocery shopping is up so whether it's you know exclusive e-commerce sites or lulu or the spinnies people are more people are choosing to shop online because they want to take yes. extra precautionary measures yeah absolutely and i think if you're going to do that due diligence around your consumer experience you absolutely be missing a trick if you don't get on the phone which i think the government are doing they are getting on the phone and calling the lines but also that virtual experience that virtual roadmap the journey that you go from from buying something online and seeing it through to execution and also the journey i know that ritz carlton do that beautifully you know they follow through they're really famous and they pride themselves on that whole customer experience to the point where the 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 um the guests of the hotel have left and they follow through with the with the guests and they keep in touch with them um yeah and um that then gives them the kudos and the branding and Mm. the the respect in the market of of many hotels so um you would be missing a trick as an organization, as a business owner, if you just think 
um, going into your premises of a shop or, or, or you know, yeah, or on the customer phones is enough for you to know that you're providing a good service. You've got to explore all the avenues that you give your consumer. Isn't that interesting? It's, it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the good experiences that you get that stand out. I had one over the yes. weekend where we were down at, did we mention them? Yeah, why not? Um, uh, the Park Hyatt here yeah. in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, down on, by the creek, you know, yeah. next to the Dubai Creek Golf yeah. Club. And I was just, it was one of those moments, and it wasn't just me. It was, it was, it was, the, it was, it was all the kids and, and, the, and the war office as well. Everyone sort of turned around and went, wow, mm. the staff are really good yeah, here. You notice it, yeah. They're really attentive. Mm. And they're not sort of, you know, they don't make you feel uncomfortable or anything like that. Yeah. And when you mention that, when everyone to a person turns around at a table and goes, they're really good, yeah. then you suddenly go, hmm. Yeah, something you take for granted otherwise. Yeah, and I think you cannot take for granted um, that good customer experience because everyone's working hard. Everyone's under a lot of pressure. Um, we may be affirming, but we're still like downtrodden to a certain extent. And when we go for a weekend to the, to the Hyatt, we want to have a nice experience. True. And it counts for a lot. And I think that also in this day and age, the consumer won't hold back. Consumer expectations are super high because the availability is so vast. We, you know, if you don't like one hotel, you can go to the one next door. Um, you know, there's so much more available. So I think we need to become, as business owners, a lot more astute around how we assess the quality of the journey that our, our customers will go through. I've got Mamta with us here in studio. We're doing the Sunday afternoon paper review. Uh, let's move on to story number three, Portrait of a Nation, the Expo 2020 trailblazer focused on ability and disability. What is it? This is about an Emirati guy who is um, called Salma, Salim Barazir, and he has cerebral palsy. Um, and he was recruited at the age of 45 as a HR administrator and is now, as the expo um, draws closer, is recruiting people um, of determination to take part in the expo, which nice. is amazing. So... Um, is proof that actually disability shouldn't be limiting. And he's a real trailblazer around, see my ability, don't see my disability. And what's amazing is that the government and the expo team have created a working environment that is apt for him. Um, he, can, he can type using a pencil. He can get around in his wheelchair. He has all the means. He's leading a team. I think it's phenomenal. Mm. I think that's the way we need to move forward, actually, when we come to recruiting and not to limit our mindset to see the disability, but to see the potential that people have. He's flourishing. Um, that is one of the stories coming out of Expo 2020. It's great. I mean, it's, it's a great platform, isn't it, for so many different stories to come out of Expo? It really is. And I think it's a perfect opportunity to share stories like this. We can inspire the world. And, um, you know, Naturally, we might have some subjective bias towards people. Um, but when we see cases like this, we think, actually, what's possible? And what um, someone is actually doing is he's highlighting the potential that exists out there. He's mm. highlighting the different um, skill set and the creativity that people can bring. And I think back to the story around the glass ceiling as well. This links that sometimes we're so narrow-minded and the type of person we want to recruit for something because we think, okay, this person's got to look like this. Actually, there's some training that I used to do on diversity a while back. 
And um, it was quite funny. It's a McDonald's advert. And it was the same person dressed up in different ways. So one of the ladies was looking smart. And the same lady was looking really scruffy. The other person was looking really arty. So there were about six images. And in the group, I would ask the, each of the participants, which function in the organization does each of these individuals work for? And you could see the subjectivity and bias. People would say, oh, she's definitely in marketing. She's definitely in finance. Oh, she works in the cafeteria. And it was the same person. So we, sometimes it's so subconscious that we don't even know that you know culturally we're judging so much and we're we're just applying all of this um all of our perception that which not we you know which may be false and inaccurate so um i think this just highlights the benefit in in trying something different mm. giving someone a chance and seeing what's possible and celebrating that that is uh just another of the stories that we're covering here today uh, what's the next one okay yeah who's 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 zach holt Who's Zach Holt? Who's Who is Zach Holt? Zach Holt? Because um, this is the question that he's put ah, to us. He's a teacher. Oh, is he? Yes. Have you so his suggestion is that he he's, it's all about fewer possessions. Is that right? Yes, exactly. So he's a teacher. He writes for the national newspaper. And he's written. Oh, a, okay. Yeah. You know, have you heard of him? And he has written this little article around simplifying our life and how it can have an effect on our mindset. Um, he is documenting his journey towards financial independence, and he's a he's the happiest teacher. Apparently, he has a blog called The Happiest Teacher. And what he what he says here is is in particular about Dubai and the Middle East and how. You know, people come to Dubai, they fall into a lot of wealth. It's very material, as it is globally in, in so many different places. And we have a tendency to want more. But what is highlighted in this article, that there's a negative um, consequence to wanting more. There, there are more frustrations. So when we have a new phone, for example, and we break that phone, it's more expensive to replace the screen. It's more expensive to get it fixed. If we have fewer possessions, if we go for a simpler handset, if we break it, we're less attached. So his whole experiment was actually can I live with less? And I love that. In a world that is so material, that is so focused on consumerism and, and possessions, actually um, highlighting that less is more. There's a lot of st- stories, books on decluttering now, and they're, they're all the rage. But I think there's definitely for our region something in this. <laughs> That's just yeah, there is something in it, but and I wonder whether we are becoming less commercially mm. driven mm. Um, with time. I mean, times were, wasn't it? That, that you, exactly. you just it, it, it was so consumerism yes. driven and so con- consumerism yes. heavy. But I and I, I want to sort of sort of find some sort of parallel with the with the advent of e-commerce. But then it's just not true because I refer back to home mm. and, and, and our house and the number of packages that turn up on a exactly. daily basis and the ones that don't get mm. sent back, the ones that don't get worn because it's the wrong colour, it's the wrong size or whatever. And yet people just, just don't get around to posting them back. Exactly. For me, actually, when I read this article, it was a lot deeper. It was about actually what are we attached to and why can't we find that happiness within ourselves why can't we find the happiness from the people around us as opposed to buying something it's it's like you know addiction to shopping it is such a thing um that makes you feel a certain way that's what addiction is so why can't we explore what feeling content and peaceful and happy is for us without having to have the latest handbag without having to have um you know um the latest iphone or um technology that, I think that's quite a, a broad, deep question that we need to reflect on because mm. often 
our status is driven by what we can show. But fundamentally, um, you know, it's all material. A lot of it's material. Now, what I'm not advocating here is let's go meditate in the Himalayas in a, you know, an orange cloth under a tree if you want to. Um, What I'm saying is, is that let's explore what living simply means Mm. and um, what it feels like actually to decide not to have something as opposed to having it, especially when we really want that thing. Um, Because you might surprise yourself that actually I can live without this and I still feel good. It's a good bit of advice. Uh, Let's get one more in before we break if we can, uh, Mamta. Let's talk about, let's move from Zach Holtz and his decluttering Mm -hmm. um, of our possessions to let's let's focus on um, International Women's Day if we can yes. before we go to the break. Give something to p- people something to think about. Yes, um, you have picked up on an article that mm. gives four ways to get visible on IWD. Yes, so. This was shared by a good friend of mine, Leslie, Leslie Stonia, and she has We Mean Business in London. And it was a beautiful article because I think as women, we shy away from our own branding. We shy away from talking about our strengths, talking about our dreams. And I think we need to get with the program. If we don't do that, nobody else is going to do it. And um, what the Forbes article says is the first thing you need to do is express gratitude. So think about everyone that's helped you on your journey send them a recommendation on LinkedIn. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost you any money. There's an example cited here where one one lady had given so many re- recommendations and so much feedback and nobody had ever recommended her. So go out to all the mentors, all the women that have inspired you. I mean, I don't hold back from contacting people on social media and saying, do you know, I love you. I think you're amazing. I'm really learning from you. And actually, I've had someone respond to me. So Tara Natalie, who's a massive influencer in New Jersey, she's got a yoga studio and she's actually going to be selling my... Um, Um, daily affirmations for inner peace in her yoga studio because I reached out to her about a year and a half ago saying how much how much of an inspiration she was to me and thank you for that so show gratitude not because it might lead somewhere but because it builds relationships it makes you feel good and you don't know what opportunity might come brag about your wins this sounds uncomfortable to say even for me even for someone who deems themselves to be quite a confident person but fundamentally give yourself the permission to share what you're good at doing I remember going to this networking event and someone said to me another fellow female said to me you know what's your ultimate dream and I said to I want to do this I want to write a book and I want to be the the next Indian Oprah Winfrey and she sort of looked at me like I was a bit mad and I am a bit mad. However, you know, why can't we just say, great that you have got some dreams. And actually, funnily, shortly after, she contacted me to say, I really need to have a conversation with you about my own mindset and my limiting beliefs. Nothing is impossible, ladies and men. Let's not restrict the things that we want to achieve. You've got to put it out there if you want it to happen. No one will read your mind, not even a psychologist. The next point is about creating and holding space for others. Let's support each other in times of vulnerability and in times of crisis that someone might be feeling. If you're sensing something's not right with someone, check in with them. We're too busy. We're such a busy generation. It's almost frowned upon. If you call someone now, it's like, why are they calling and not sending me a WhatsApp message? If your intuition is letting you know that someone's not okay, reach out and hold space for them and be there for them, even remotely. It doesn't take a lot. And the last thing is own your own ambition. And I cannot emphasize that one enough. Nothing is going to be done for you. And I've had people say to me, actually, you're doing the things that I want to do. Well, I wanted to do that. Do it. I have three Mm. kids under eight. My life is really challenging. I have a business in the UK, clients. I'm a wife to a really hardworking husband, you know, who's actually in this building. Hi, honey. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And hi, kids, Saray, Lara, Annika, Mary, everyone at home, mum, Tara, Fiona. 
but we've all got to own our ambition. And what I found since I have been owning my ambition in Dubai, there's, you know, the lady who owns the Mastesouk Dubai, Fiona, she literally has recognized what I've done. She's hosting my car. She's selling my affirmation cards in her little shop that um, everything's from Nepal. She's, she's supporting me. Um, everyone just pulls together and supports you on your journey because they're on a journey too. And they get the struggle. The struggle is real. Mm. And, and it's not just about women. Like I have some great um, male role models as well, male mentors. Like my husband's amazing. He anchors me. I seek inspiration from you, Tom. I see you hustling every day. You know, I really do. And it's so keep owning your ambition because you never know who you are inspiring. And, and so I love this article. I think mm. it was brilliant. Yeah, I think you're right. There's nothing wrong with it. I think all too often we're embarrassed by our ambition. Yeah, we we're are. We're not happy to talk about it and things like that. But there's nothing wrong with talking about there's, it. it it's, a lot of it's cultural. A lot of it's like, oh, no, it don't show off. Yeah. You know, you're boasting. We're in a society now where there's a lot of noise everywhere. And actually, if you are passionate about something, then don't um and ah about it. Take the first steps. It's about making a billion right decisions. A bill, you know, either you have that conversation or you don't. One question to ask yourself is, what's at stake if you don't own your ambition? Mm. What's at stake if you don't reach out and say, you know, I reached out to Zena, didn't I, Zena? I kind of stalked you. <laughs> you did. I'm so glad you did. Uh, but, you know, I mean, my husband was saying, how did, you know, how were you on today? I said, I sent Zena a little note. Mm. And then I basically like turned up at her house. No, I didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. No, no. The doorbell. Oh, I'm too busy. So you look, you've got to be a dog with a bone because if you're not going to do it, Nobody else is going to do it for you. Got to hustle. Got to hustle, baby. Got to hustle. Join the conversation on the agenda on Dubai I 103.8. Right, we are. Let's wrap up things with our special guest in studio. It's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with uh, the lovely Mamta Saha, psychologist known for a daily affirmations, international business psychologist who works across the globe with a portfolio of clients. And we finish off with... Well, some good bit of advice, Mamta, and that is, of course, um, hiding away from bad news. We are in the midst of bad Mm. news at the moment. How do we deal with it? We need to be transparent. You know, it's very natural to want to protect our organisations from sharing anything that might um, create worry or anxiety. Um, However, there is real power and an opportunity to build trust in your relationship when you are transparent with bad news. Um, why is these are times of crisis? I mean, mm. let's not beat around the bush here. Mm. Let's uh, the, the, we don't want to cause panic. We don't want to cause um, uh, too much negativity out there. And it's, it's important, like you're saying, to be mm. positive throughout these sort of things. Mm. But why do we sort of hide away from the truth during times of crisis? I think often it's a lot to do with our own fear of the repercussions of sharing things so honestly. And what we do is we apply our own. Um, mindset to how people may react so we might we might assume that they will struggle with hearing the truth but people are resilient in very different ways and I think when people know the truth often they can pull together and work their way through Mm. the ambiguity or whatever the bad news might be so often we don't cut our teams enough enough slack and we assume we presume they're going to take this bad news in a negative way because we want to protect them we want to also protect ourselves because often questions will come but I think it's important to know that even if you don't share if you're not transparent 
the ambiguity will still be there. You are still communicating something when you don't communicate something. People are not silly. They pick up on vibrations. Often teams, you know, will will mirror and echo um, what is going on with the management team, the leadership level, without even knowing the details of it. Mm. So if you are hiding something, I've seen it over and over again in organizations. When the truth comes out, you know, and it's transparent and it's on time, people respond to it better. They're more resilient. They're positive. They're grateful, actually, that they know the current status. So is that within an organization as well as without an organization? So that's communication within an organization yes. or your corporate so, comms communication team? Yeah, I would say so. This this is a HBR, um, Harvard Business Review article. So it's definitely within an organization. Um, and I think whether it comes from the comms, the internal comms team, or it comes from the CEO himself or herself, I think that um, it's definitely something that needs to happen very quickly. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday about the power of vulnerability and how that builds, um, that shows real um, courage and it builds trust and emotional loyalty uh, between you and your team. So if you are okay with being a little bit vulnerable about the truth that you need to tell and sharing that actually you're unsure about how things may go or what might uh, what the outcome might be, then actually people will empathize more with you and connect with you because they might be feeling the same things. That then brings with it a new sense of resourcefulness that will come to the fore that you may not even have you know, recognize your team to have. So I would say don't hide behind the truth, the facts. If you deem the truth and the facts to be bad news, be an advocate for transparency because then when things come out, you can actually deal with them. If you don't do that, then you get yourself a bad rep, actually, and people trust you less. So it's it's a bit of a lose-lose if you decide to hold back that negative information. Mamta, it's always lovely to catch up with you. Uh, so you. nice to see you. Uh, thanks very much indeed for your time this uh, more, this afternoon, I should say, uh, for being with us. Listen, if people have been inspired, if people would like to affirm, if they'd like to be more affirmative, if they want to get in touch with you to see how you can help them and their organisations, how do they do that? Yeah, um, so I'm on Instagram. So it's Saha, S-A-H-A underscore Mamta, M-A-M-T-A. So just reach out to me. Get your thoughts coming through to us. Our mentor is the um, is, has been our special guest on today's show. So thank you very much indeed to uh, 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 to um, uh, her for being with us throughout the course of the morning. Uh, what's next? We've got some news coming your well, uh, way in just a few moments. Uh, Mamta, thank you so much indeed. Thank you uh, for everything. It's been great. Can you, can, will you come back? I'd love to come back. Just keep. Just I'll keep, just rock up. You keep, know me, Zena. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just come tomorrow. I'd love to Zena. daily affirm every day, actually. That would be great. What do you think, call, uh, v- uh, listeners, callers, viewers, listeners? What do you think? That would be amazing. And you know my address. You can rock up there. <laughs> I'll be there. Anytime. With my dark shades and wig on. This is Dubai Eye 103.8.